It won a gold at the Can Can Awards. It's a. Is that a French thing? Yes. No, it's a <laughs> California thing. <laughs> Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Take it away, lads. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Yes, we are back. The Brit and Yankee podcast is one more, once more, and one more Brit and Yankee podcast. <laughs> it is podcast number three hundred and twenty-two. My name is Phil Clark. I'm the Brit, and with me as co-host extraordinaire is a brewer at Church Street, Mr. Chuck Ford. <laughs> Welcome, Chuck. Hello, Phil. No, wait hello, a minute. Hello, oh, hello, hello. Oh, you got me there. You see, I thought you were going to do the hello, hello, hello right off the bat. Hello. You vary it up every time, yeah, Chuck. Right. I know, you keep it good. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming along today. Um, it's been a while since we've done a show. Uh, because I've been on my holidays. I've been off on vacation yeah, for a couple yeah. of... I left on July the 4th because I was so pissed. Hello, he's getting a call. You know what that now. means? Is that a call from somebody? No, that what? means those beers have to come out of the oh, freezer. Oh, the beers have to come out of the freezer. Okay. <laughs> That's what that means. I'll turn my phone off now. Okay. There's no more use for it. That's all right. I'll, I'll go and get them in the next break. Um, yes, I was so pissed off on July the 4th because uh, it was celebrating the fact that we got whooped in the Revolutionary War that I decided I was going to leave town. And I headed to Grand Rapids. But I, I did quite a little trip with the wife. Um, we were going out to uh, New York State to the uh, Cooperstown area to watch our grandson play in a baseball tournament there. A lot of fun. And uh, I've collected three shows worth of beverages for us to try. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, the f so today's show is going to focus on me returning because I came back. I went through Grand Rapids into Canada and then back through New York State and uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana. And today's show, we're going to focus on the Ohio and Indiana beers, which are quite readily available, I think, if as you take a quick trip across the border. It's only about three hours down in Indianapolis. With us to try the beers, I'm glad to say we have a couple of stars with us in the craft beer environment here in uh, Chicago. Next to you, Chuck, is... The one and only Illinois beer historian, and he's on two weeks vacation as well, spending an evening with us, getting pissed. It's Mr. John <laughs> Bisserman. Thank you very much for having me back. Oh, wow. I had your front as well, you know, so <laughs> how are you doing, John? I'm what have you been fine. doing? Uh, I'm on vacation, and I'm doing as little as possible right really? now. Really? You're not yeah. going to go rushing around to breweries? Uh, no, no. Actually, I'm just laying, laying low right now. Wow, you're chilling. I am, I am. Bitterman chilling. Mm -hmm. uh, what like, new breweries have opened recently? Oh, every time you turn around, there's another one opening. Jesus. Um, last couple, um, one opened in Springfield, Springfield Brewing Company, down in Springfield, Illinois, just opened uh, about a week and a half ago. In front of them was uh, Forgotonia. In what? The, Forgotonia. Okay. In uh, Macomb, 
Illinois, oh, yeah. down towards the Peoria area. I used to know a Sean McComb. And then uh, the other one was uh, Fibs up in Desplaines. All right, what does that stand are the, for? Are the three, are the, yeah, yeah. hadn't heard of them yet? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what does that stand those are, for? Uh, oh, you know. You know. <laughs> fucking oh, I don't Illinois bastards. <laughs> you don't know, you fucking Illinois bastards. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice one, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, they're up there in Desplaines. That's sort of those are the Wisconsin thing. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So they're from Wisconsin and they're brewing in our state. What a oh, bunch man, of bastards. Well, we'll have to go up and see them. And, and the guy who laughed, actually, last but not least, um, our wonderful guest from Church Street as well, head brewer, TJ Backholtz. TJ, hello. How are you, man? Good to see you. Um, I think things are happening with you. I, know, I was going to say, what's been happening since I last saw you? Tell us, I don't know if this is an exclusive or not, but... I was saddened to hear the news when you told me, but very, very uh, happy that you, uh, you know, you're, you're going where you are going. So tell us the story, man. Yeah, it, yeah, it feels like forever since the last podcast. Yeah, so um, a couple months ago or so, my, my wife finished her second master's degree. So smart, she is. Wow, so smart, um, so good, so bigly. She, uh, she well, works at a clinic. She works with uh, kids with autism and special mm. needs and stuff like that. So she's kind of hitting the, the, the big next step in her career there. So um, for a very long time, ever since we started Seriously Dating, we discussed the prospect of moving out to Colorado. And that's exactly what we're doing. She got a job offer out there. Um, and last week we were out there cruising around, hitting up some breweries, hitting some apartments, condos, houses, and we signed a lease, we got a place going, and in about one month, I am retiring as the head brewer of Church Street Brewing Company, passing the torch, torch on to Chuck here. Whoa, Whoa. dude, Chuck, and all Chuck right, man. Chuck's doing an awesome job, because he's already a fantastic brewer. Does that mean that you're not going to do any more podcasts, because you're too big? Uh, no, I'll still hang around. Oh, good. <laughs> right, so, so where have you got a job out there? Or are you going to be a bum? I did have. Uh, I was able to line up one interview. All right. There, and I just got the call a couple days ago that they have uh, offered me the job. So I'm going to be uh, uh, the new head brewer of a brew pub that is an offshoot of somewhere that I believe you're familiar with, which is Tivoli Brewing Company. Tivoli. Tivoli. Uh, no, I'm not familiar no, with them. You're not, you're not familiar with <laughs> 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 them. We had them on the podcast. No, I, where? So where are they located? They are located in Denver. Well, yeah. Oh, fucking! That was that was like amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, on a campus. They're in Denver City. You were, you were guessing Denver Beer Company. No, it's, it's oh yeah, it's Tivoli. So okay. Tivoli, um, I, I would need to double check my knowledge of their history, but it's a pretty interesting one. They're, they are a very old brand of beer. Yeah. Um, they were shut down, I believe, after Prohibition and never came back. They did come so back after Prohibition. Did they? Yeah. Because yeah. we all have Tivoli beer cans. Yes. Right. So. Yeah, that's oh, a, really? That's Chuck, Chuck knew. Chuck, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, <laughs> so, maybe so I was transferring Chuck because Chuck, Chuck kind of had like a bit of excitement when I when I said I was getting hired by Tivoli. Yeah. So maybe I transferred that on you. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So nah. so I, Tivoli Brewing Company produced beer that was out in Illinois. Is that what you're saying? No. 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 Okay. Tivoli was a very large brewery in Denver. Um, the factory is still standing. Uh, the old, yeah, the, the, the old, old smokestack. Yeah, yeah, the old smokestack is still yeah. there. Um, and the, it's been rehabbed. I don't know if, if that's where they're currently operating out of yeah, or they're, elsewhere. They're not using the old equipment. Yeah. The, the old equipment but I mean, they, so, the, so the actual, the actual, okay. Yeah, so, so they have all stainless vessels. It's like you put a modern brewery in into an old building. Yeah. Uh, 
old-school Build, Building's on the historic register. The building has a very classic look. Like, like the bar is amazing. It feels like yeah. back in pro- pre-prohibition territory. And where is the brew pub going to be? The brew pub is at the airport. Oh! The airport. Oh, my God. You, you, you're going to have to drive a shitload of miles every day. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. It's, it's going to be more of a commute yeah. than I make now to Church Street, but... Um, you know, I'll apparently know, nobody likes the expressway over there because of the tolls, but it's going to make for a pretty quick drive. It's going to be like, you know, it'd take me like maybe 15 minutes to get to it's, Church Street. Now it's going to take like double that. It's very expensive. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that toll to road. I used to drive to get to Church Street the first year or so. It's going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I think a round of applause, a golf clap for that. There we go. Um, you don't clap yourself. Come on. <laughs> He's proud Why of himself. Not? He's proud of himself. Let him have I, it. I think that's excellent because, um, you know, just to let you know, we, we did know a little bit about what he wanted to do, but now he's actually going to do it. I, I've always pub. wanted to ha, to try running a brew pub. I mean, I mean, to say I'm running a brew pub is a little. I'm going to be I'm going to be making the the beer at a brew pub. It is going to be somewhat collaborative. I, I guess I haven't figured out what the dynamics going to be yet because I haven't started working yet. Yeah, right. Um, I will be going out there in a couple weeks to do some initial training, which is exciting. Looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be kind of working with the head brewer of of as a whole, the head of brewery operations, um, to figure out you know what beers to make because their their uh, their main lineup of beers is kind of always going to be on tap over there. Which uh, is that like a lager style or what? Yeah, so it's a great transition to go from a place like Church Street, where you know Hellas is king for us, to go to another place where Hellas is king, which is Tivoli. And uh, when I was interviewing there, they he said the same thing. Their Hellas, just like ours, it, it outsells every other beer style probably two to one or probably more and uh oh man and their half of eisen is so good uh nate the head brewer over there he's like he dialed this thing and it it's like the most bubble gummy half you will ever have and it's just exquisite it's awesome wow a little bit, little, little bit, little bit higher ABV. If you're looking for like a low ABV half, it's you know I think it weighs in around like maybe six and a half, something oh, like that. Uh, but uh, that's okay. Uh, worth it, worth every drop. It's awesome beer. Well, obviously, so, uh, we're gonna. I'm excited it. to work at a place where I already like am head over heels about two of the beers. Oh, I think that's <laughs> really cool, and and yeah. you know obviously we're gonna call in and get an interview with the head brewer group of and then maybe you can get Nate on there and give us a little Tivoli show uh, send us some beers out <laughs> yeah yeah they, they do can yeah. they do can they, All right. uh, yeah so um, I think I uh, their main four are I, I know I know it's the they, they have a brute IPA too which is really cool because not very many places have like a year round brute but that that seems to be one of their uh, I don't know how long they've had it for because brutes haven't been a thing right. for that long but that's yeah. pretty cool and now you're going to be the uh, the brute at the brew pub right Woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Chuck, you're moving up in the world. Yeah, that's moving really good. Up. Congratulations. Well done. All right. <laughs> yeah. Good things come to those who wait. Yeah, right. I <laughs> that's think right. that's really good. Well, I think uh, that's good news all around. Everybody's uh, having success, and my uh, my daughter lives out in Colorado. I'm going to ask her whether she knows about Tivoli, although they're out in Arvada, which is one of the. Um, uh, suburbs out towards Golden and uh, Boulder. Yep. Um, but that's where uh, we stayed. That's where we stayed when we were out there oh, did? searching okay. for did places. Did you go to the yeah. Denver Brewing Company? Uh, we did. We went to their Avada location, yeah, not that, the main cool. one in Denver. That's the one. It was a really nice little brew pub. Isn't yeah. that the one where it's, it's awesome. got the uh, the trailer inside for the food? Right. Yes. It's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Then they can they say, had some really good oh, burgers being slung out of there. Oh, it was uh, it was a good time despite the 
horrendous thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Wow, okay. But well, at least we were inside. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay. some very good beers and excellent alt beer um, they had on. I don't know if it's a – I don't think it's a taproom staple. I think they, they do a lot of one-offs over there, yeah. I'm sure. But, oh, man, did they have a killer alt beer on tap there. They, uh, they did really good uh, Christmas ale one year, which I uh, got a couple of bottles of. I think it had some tart cherries in it, and it was just excellent. So good stuff all around. Well, this is good news. Um, maybe GABF is coming up. Uh, Chuck, you can go out and I'm visit. finally going to go this year. Yeah. I'm right oh, there, there, man. I'm going to be right there. Right. Good man. Well, um, let's get back to our show here today because you talked about Hellas Lago. We're actually going to start off the show with um, a lager style. I think it's a lager style, but correct mm. me if not because it says it's a Kolsch style ale. Is Kolsch an ale or a lager? It's an ale. Bugger. All right, okay. Well, then, yeah. anyway, it's, it's just it fermented like, like a lager. lager. Yeah. Yeah. So this comes Kinda. from Daredevil Brewing Company and appropriately named Vacation because I think it's oh. the sort of thing that you can relax with on vacation. Now, when I was on vacation, I really got into uh, lager beers because it's. I went through Canada and then New York. And it seems like in Canada they're very lager oriented. We're going to have a Canadian show. I picked up a an eight pack. They have eight pack mix and matches up there, um, and hopefully yeah. some of those beers will show. I think the difference between what I think is the craft beer scene here in the U.S. and the craft beer scene in Canada, which I think is a a noticeable difference. Okay. Anyway, back to this one. This one comes in a can, and I'm cracking it open. And we're going to pour a few uh, samples here. So, has anybody heard? Oh, I'm not doing a very good job of pouring. I'm out of rent. I'm fine. out of practice, man. <laughs> I haven't poured samples the for a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so these guys are uh, located in the Speedway neighborhood of Indianapolis. Now, has anybody been to an Indianapolis Speedway? Yes. And tell us about it, John. That's where the Indianapolis 500 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Ah, there you go. Woo. Is that a car race? Yes, <laughs> it's a car race. <laughs> oh, I, feel, I feel so terrible. I don't know anything about cars. Mm. Okay. Um, so this one um, hopefully pours out as a very typical Kolsch. So this beer is what I would call a lovely light golden color with a beautiful white head, even on... The yeah. uh, sample glasses that we're drinking it out of. Crystal clear. Crystal clear, yeah. indeed. Um, it's a 5% Kolsch. And tell us a little bit about your first impressions. Chuck, first impressions. The uh, the malt flavor's got a little bit of the, it's a little more on the corny side, not good. And I'm saying it's a bad thing. It's just a sort of a... a a lot of times the American malts will, will come off a little bit that way in these light golden beers. They might not be using, they might be using European malts. It's just, it's just the way the flavor's coming off. Um, very, very even though. I mean, the, the balance is very good. Um, mm. You yeah, like there's it. There's a hint of fruitiness. John, how are you on Kolsch's? I love Kolsch's, and this is a nice clean finish on this one, mm -hmm. which is what I always... Which is why I like that style so much. It, yeah. it finishes really clean and crisp. Uh, could be a little more crisper. There's a little hop bite on the backside that's, that's a little more than what you normally find, I think, in a culture. I'm not adverse to it because it's it's a good hop. It, it's kind of nobly in nature. It's got a piney, 
Nobly or nobly? Nobly. Tiny grassy thing going on a little now, bit. Now you don't you don't do one DJ, do you? At, at um, uh, no, we've done some church. contract brews. Uh, contract brews some colches. We've yet to do uh, do one of our own at Church Street. I'm sure we will at some point. It's kind of just a matter of time. <laughs> they yeah. were trying to get us to. Uh, do one on the pilot system, but I, I, I protested because I wasn't sure if I was going to get to brew on that thing before I before I left, and I, yeah. I, I was like, I really rather do a barley wine. <laughs> I don't care if it's ninety yeah. degrees out. Let's and I was like, sure, barley wine. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably get a Kolsch going at least on the pilot system sometime soon. Oh yeah, in your future. I got one locked and loaded, ready to go. Recipe. <laughs> a Kolsch? Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, once you take over. Chuck, you know, the world is your oyster, or at least the uh, match ton is. Well, it? you know, <laughs> a lot of people involved. So these guys, these guys at Daredevil Brewing, apparently um, they're an independent brewery, and they are one of the largest uh, production breweries in Indiana. So who knew, right? Their, their okay. location is Main Street, Indianapolis. But apparently they there is this place called Bottle, the Bottle Works District. You know about this? No. I don't know what the heck it is. It's on Mass Avenue. I don't know Indianapolis too much, but they're going to have a new Daredevil tap room as part of the garage food hall at the Bottle Works District. And that's going to open in the 2020 time frame. <laughs> so they're really uh, expanding. And I think it could be also part uh, I'm not certain if this is the one I'm talking about or if there's an, I got another one from Indianapolis that's in a hotel it might be that one so um, I don't know much about them other than the fact that they do lift off IPA they do this vacation Kolsch they do a German Pilsner Ripcord double IPA and Muse Belgian Golden Ale which is part of an extensive lager program so they seem to focus on these German style beers mm-hmm. um have you been down to Indianapolis, anybody? Well, you have, yes. John. You yes. said you had. Yep. You had yeah. Yes. I, I think we stopped there on our way down to Nashville. Uh, Amy and I did. Um, I did not hit. I did not hit up Daredevil. I'm unfamiliar with them. I think we hit up Sun King because I was familiar. Yep. With them. Yeah. Never yeah. Sun King. Yeah. Their Scottish ale is great. I think. Yeah, they've, they've got a few. Uh, they've got a few good. There's the beer brewery. If you ever, it's a smaller one in the Broad Ripple neighborhood. If you ever. The beer brewery, beer brewery, B I E R brewery. Oh, okay. They win a lot at the uh, at the um, Indiana Brewers Cup a lot. Uh, oh, do you go there? I used to go there every year for the Indiana Indiana or the Indiana Brewers Cup. But now you so, don't. It's a lot of fun. Ah, well, you know. Too much going on. Yeah, too much going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we'd start with something that was fairly light. Um, I think that it's. I think I could have had it a little colder. Do you think, uh, or, uh, or is oh, it just about? That's all right. I mean, if it was colder, you might have it might have masked like a little bit of that fruitiness that Chuck was talking about. I mean, um, I think fruitiness, drank, drank really easy, really crisp. You know, a little corny, a little bright. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I think is that. I think the and yeah, touch of fruitiness is fine. Actually, it, it should be there for this style. It's just uh, um, just an observation. The malt is a little bit. A little bit of that corny character, which yeah. it sometimes for me it comes. I get that if I use like some American grains. Sometimes with a close, you know, I, f- I find that I like to use the European uh, malts better. Right. Sometimes um, they may be using European malts. I don't. No, know. they say that. Well, they say they're using German malts, the finest German okay. malts, hops, okay. and yeast. So they're so probably using European your noble stuff. Hop 
observation is probably valid there, John. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost sounds like they do a real good um, range of German beers, and uh, it probably suits the middle of Indianapolis because when we were driving through it, it was during that hot spell mm-hmm. uh, that you guys had, which was it was hot. In New- we were in New York State, but it was hot and humid there. You had it even hotter and even humider. Humidor? Or is that humidor? No, that's a cigar thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, to finish up our starter beer, um, well, we've had 20 minutes, man, I tell you. Um, Thumbs up on this one? We like this one? Yeah. 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 Okay, good thumbs up. So, good start. Um, We're going to head, actually, to uh, Ohio for the next one, and it's going to be from somebody who I think is quite well known in that particular area, the fine folks at Rheingeist, but we'll be back in just a second. Mm. Right, a beer number two that we have on our list is going up a little bit in terms of its style, but it's still a little bit light. And it's from the fine folks at Rheingeist in Cincinnati. And this one is called Bubbles. Now, I don't know if any of you guys watched Little Britain, which was a uh, English comedy show that was on a while ago, but they had a character on there who was uh, this rather supposedly rich woman, and she's called Bubbles. Hello, darling. My name is Bubbles. How are you? Good to see you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say I've ever seen that one. Is that who that was named after? Look it up. Google it, as they say. So this one... I had a dog named Bubbles. <laughs> so this one is Bubbles Rosé Ale, which I thought was rather interesting. And it's ale with apple, peach, and cranberry. So... <coughs> Let me cough up a lung. So I love the uh, the sound of an opening can. Now we've only got a small can of this, but um, I'm sure we'll be able no, to make pour a little bit out. Could you bring your glasses over here, no, gentlemen? What so. are you got me doing everything? You got bloody oh, waiters here, huh? So there we go. So we should be pouring it out now. Chuck, describe oh, what you good. see. I see a very clear uh, reddish, sort of a rosé-colored beer with a white head that dissipates fairly quickly to a few large bubbles. Um, well, damn it, they're so right far. then. Bubbles rosé ale, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, and I don't know that I had heard of anything like... I, you know, I saw it in... This, I went into a supermarket, and they had one of these mix-and-match things, and so I picked up ones that I thought would be different or I'd heard of or whatever. So Rheingeist Brewery, uh, they started off in 2005 and it was a couple of guys, um, Bob Bonder and Bryant Goulding. And they started off because they were consultants in San Francisco and uh, bottom line is they didn't like what they were doing and decided that they wanted to go and make beer. That's the bottom line. There you go. <laughs> who, who else would uh, love being a <laughs> consultant, right? You know. Um, so they go to 2011, and uh, Bob apparently had some sort of a coffee business, but uh, he gave that up and met up with Bryant, and they go to Queen City. Did you know that Cincinnati was called Queen City? Yes. No. no. Oh. Was it? Have you been there? John? Yes. All right, good. What do you know of Rheingeist? I, I, co- I, I don't... It's... It was a gorgeous facility. I remember that much. Uh, huge upstairs area. 
lots of picnic tables, inside place for bags games, inside place for uh, foosball. I mean, huge. I mean, the place was just huge, and uh, beers were really good. I remember every beer that I had there, uh, I really enjoyed. I mean, and a wide spectrum of beers from what I remember they had as well. Yeah, Cincinnati was a big beer town back in the day. It was indeed. What, Cincinnati? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they had uh, Moreland? Moreland? Moreland. Moreland. Christian Moreland. Great. Did you mm-hmm. ever have that, too? I have not. I'm not familiar. Oh, my God. He's so young. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old ones were Even like, I remember that one, and I've only been here for 40 years. The old ones were Sainling and Hudipole and Burger. And yeah. Um, so what about this beer? We'll come back to the story of Rheingeist in a second. This has settled down, although there's still a nice little bit of head. This reminds me of a sour, but looks like a rosé wine. TJ. It, it drinks like a rosé wine, too, and it smells like a rosé wine. The smell is the most incredible part, because it really, if you just blindfolded me and said, smell this, what is it? I I don't know if I'd say rosé, but I would definitely say wine, not a smell. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, yeah, it is a, it, it even looks like, it looks like wine with a little bit of head. It just, it really tastes like you just took a rosé and added some light carbonation to it. And yeah. boosted the body up maybe just a little bit, and there's your there's your barley base there. It's got your tartness, you know. It's got the tartness, yeah. Yeah, not, but I, not, I, not really I, sour. Does, does it even tart. does it advertise it as a sour? Or does it just say rose ale? It, it does not. It advertises it as a rose I ale. Don't, I now, don't think it's a kettle sour unless no, unless there's more info so. that, that claims it. It doesn't probably, drink very tart. I'll look down my fruity. notes here. But, well, there's a little tart. Um, to me, it's tart, yeah, but it's a not tart. But it's not sour tart. It's no. I get it. there's a difference to me between like sour and tart. Yeah, yeah. Apple, it's apple, a, peach, and cranberry. That is. It's got to be the cranberry that's yeah, imparting well, that tartness. Really, the apple yeah. came through for me. I, oh, I get the apple, but I'm saying yeah. as far as tartness yeah. of the and three like, fruits, cranberry. They fruits. did such a good yeah, job blending be it because whenever you throw apple in beer, you're, you, I mean, apple is typically a big off flavor in beer. Um, so I'm just wondering here they, because they nailed it with this. I well, mean, the, they say that hops, it says not applicable. It's got NA and then malts NA, and the IBUs are zero. I'm just wondering if this is. A cider. Well, my, it, I don't know. If, if it's a malt beverage, it'll say it's you know made from grain. Well, it says fruited ale. Oh, so okay. you know, that, I don't that know. might be that might be some TTB bullshit. It so might be yeah. some TTB <laughs> bullshit. It, it does say ale, so there's got to be some. I don't know if ale means if it said malt beverage, then it's definitely a beer. But if it says ale, I mean, you know, they. So, so let me ask you this question. All right, it's one of the descriptions. It says it erupts with effervescence, which yeah, it's very, very carbonated, much. and evanescence. What's evanescence? It's okay. a band. <laughs> <laughs> see, see those two guys. <laughs> went right there. That went over my head. Well, they came right after Nirvana. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so do we know what evanescence? Not in relation to this. Google that definition. Is that it's some from sort of <laughs> some sort of effervescence or something? Is that what that is? Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, you know, if you gave this to somebody as a cider, they would probably, you know, say, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it so tastes anyway, like a beer to me, but I could be wrong. The what? It tastes like a beer to me. It tastes like a beer. I mean, the like base, the base part. Okay. Um, What's the bit that tastes like a beer? I don't know. I just it's, there's like I said, there's so much stuff. I mean, that's just in the background. It just tastes I, like I don't a. Know if I would say it tastes like a beer. I don't know. It doesn't taste like a beer, but I mean, it, it just feels like it's a malt it has, beverage. It has, it has it has kind of the body of a beer. Yeah. Like, yeah, like just like just how it sits in your mouth. It, it just has the body of a beer, but like all yeah. the other flavors just scream wine. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm just thinking of, I don't know. I think it might be a, a malt beverage. It might be grain-based. Yeah. If it was a cider, it would say cider. But since it says ale on there, I'm assuming there's some malt in there, even though yeah. you said it said non-applicable. I mean, so they threw a handful of malt in. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't right. know. I don't know. There's just nothing. There's, there's no grain in this. I don't get it. I mean, it says zero IBU, so I don't, yeah. I don't know what they did for... Uh, they did hop it. I don't know. Then maybe they didn't. They must not have. They just got enough tartness from the. I mean, it is, it is sweet. It's definitely sweet. If it was a wine, I'd say this is like a semi-sweet. You know. Just the word all. I, the f- I think it's too effervescent for a wine. So all the fermentables. The flavor well, is there. It is carbonated. It's it's yeah. carbonation oh. disappears real fast. Um, just you know, yeah. there's not much lacing either. I mean, these are pretty clean glasses. I don't yeah. Know no, right. But sometimes yeah. the alcohol knocks that down, or sometimes it's the... What's the ABV on it? Uh, the ABV on this little puppy is 6.2, so it's quite high. It's not bad. I mean, you know. That's, I mean, well, that's not enough, I'd say. That's not enough to kill the head. Yeah, it's not enough to kill the head. But it so, could be the uh, acidic nature of the of the fruit they had. It could kill the head too. Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. You said acidic, not acidic. 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 Sometimes you have a sour, and um, you know, after your first couple sips, it'll pretty much the head. flatten glass. Yeah. Depending on what kind of sour, obviously, you know, probably more often with a fruit. The question is, is, you know, so where did the alcohol come from? Did it come from grain, or, or did it come it's, from? It's a, very, it's a mystery. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, you I'll mentioned Christian uh, Molines um, as being a beer out there. Well, apparently the the head brewer out at Rheingeist is a guy by the name of Jim Matt, and uh, he uh, moved to Cincinnati to open up Christian Molines Brew House in downtown Cincinnati. <laughs> ding. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I haven't had the ding bell. He's not doing his job. I know. Uh, that's our sponsor's bell for those who don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, this guy Jim Matt met up with the two owners, and they he was a home brewer as well. And one of his favorite home brews was a drinkable British mild. I'm glad to say, oh, which you God. guys haven't bloody made yet. At oh. Come on, come oh, on, guys! Don't talk to TJ. He's leaving. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it would go down well in the summer, but you know. Anyway, that's me. Um, so from then on, uh, Rheingeist opened its doors in 2013 to the public. Um, so let's see, six years they've been. Open. I, I mean, I heard of Rheingeist. I've had a couple of their beers. I can't remember what they were, but if I remember right, <laughs> I liked them. So I think they're doing well. It, it's interesting that these guys are not. Even though they're quite big breweries out in their areas, uh, they're only distributing to Ohio, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Indiana, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Wait a minute, is there another Pittsburgh anywhere? Uh, And Nashville. Um, So how come they missed out to Illinois? I mean, Christ, they're only just next door to bloody Indiana. Well, come on, give us some of their beers. Chicago's a tough market. It's a saturated market, man. Yeah, Chicago's yeah. a tough market. Back to John saying, oh, which one opened this week? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. but Chicago's they're not all Canada. He was able to name three. <laughs> <laughs> so Chicago's a tough market. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. distribute downstate wouldn't be bad. But, yeah. you know, invading yeah. Chicago might be counterproductive, but you got I, some sizable cities probably, downstate. You pretty well around Yeah, I say Peoria, Champaign, through that area. My, my wife would. Really? Yeah, you can yeah. take the rest back to it. There we okay. go. There's a little drip in there. You can have that one. Um, so, okay, we, we've had we've had a kind of a fruity second beer in our uh, Indiana, Ohio six-pack. Uh, thumbs on this one. 
I like it. From Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. Thumb up. Yeah. I'm going to, well, they nailed it, but I'm. The reason I. Yeah, it's going to say, hey, hey, hey. I know what it is. I'm going to give it a 10 o'clock, right? And the only reason for that is because I think if they'd said a cider, I would have said, oh, this is bloody delicious. You know, but as it says ale, I want more maltiness, right? I want it to taste like a beer. You you think it tastes like a beer? I don't. Well, no, I didn't say it. It tastes like a beer. Yes, I thought, you did. No, I said what I thought is that it was a grain-based. <laughs> what I meant, well, what I meant, this is what I meant to say, was that I believed it was a beer. In other words, it was, has you know malt in it somewhere where the alcohol came from. Altogether now, I believe it was a beer. Right. Very good. Okay, well, um, good <laughs> to try fun. something different out of the mainstream from IPAs. Uh, but as we move on, we're going to go to uh, somebody who I think most people have heard of, and this is like a classic flagship beer in the next one. Coming back in just a second. Okay, Bubbles. Yes, thank you, darling. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Fritzy bubbles in the air. Oh, they fly so high, nearly reach the sky. Just like my dreams, they fade and die now Fortune's always hiding I've left everywhere Yes, I'm forever blowing We're back, and we, we were talking off off mic, actually. John, who should have said something on the bloody segment, <laughs> is going to be out in Cincinnati next week at the National, what is it, Wankers Association? Yes, the National. No, the National uh, what? National Association of Buriana Advertising. It's a, it's a national club of uh, old people who collect old beer stuff. <laughs> oh, is Don Hardy going? Uh, no, Don is not going to be oh, at this one. No, because Don, Don does mostly cans and... Uh, he doesn't do a whole lot of the, the brewery advertising itself. Hey, by the He's way, have you sold or... my uh, Budweiser thing? Yeah. No, it's sitting. It's sitting. It's sitting in the garage. <laughs> so I gave him. One, so if anybody's listening and wants a Budweiser um, carousel light, carousel light, it has the uh, the wonderful Dalmatian dogs, and it has the uh, cart. And it's put, the only problem is it's only got two of the plastic sides because it fell and they broke. But it, otherwise, it's in perfect working condition. If you need it, please uh, <laughs> ping John Bitterman or ping me on Facebook. And by the way, I'm at Pints of the Britain Yankee. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Messenger. You can Messenger me. And, uh, you know, that'd be great. You know, uh, it's for sale. <laughs> and I told John if he sells it, I'll give him 50% of the profits. Woohoo! Which is 100% because I got it for nothing. There we go. Yeah. All right. Getting rich. So when you go out to Cincinnati, then check out Ryan Geist, and maybe you can find somebody who knows a little bit more about this. Uh, maybe go to the brewery. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the brewery. I, they, I, I think they're one of the sponsors, uh, bringing beer to the hospitality room and stuff like that. And then there's a, always a craft beer tasting on Friday before our, uh, our banquet. And they usually send uh, the brewers or the reps over at that one as well. So Is it going to be one of those banquets, like the medieval banquet, where you sit down and you have jousting and then you eat the food? No, the no, 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 no. We're not, we're not that no, fancy. No. It's not, okay. medi- not medieval times. Yeah, not medieval <laughs> times. All right, cool. Right, moving on. A classic out in mm. uh, Pittsburgh, which 
is where they started, but I think that they're in Middleburg Heights, Ohio now. Um, Fathead Brewing. Fatheads, I should say. Have you heard of Fatheads Brewing Company? Yes, I've heard of them. They haven't been there. Thank you. All right, good. Um, I always get these guys <laughs> confused with hoof-farted, hoof-hearted, who are also out in Ohio in that area. Uh, but Fatheads, I think, has been around before them. Uh, this one is a classic. This is their Headhunter IPA. And I just wanted to see if you guys had actually tasted this beer. Let me open it. I have a bottle this time, yeah, so that's good. I'm going to keep the... Uh, Keep the old cat there. Yeah, but what? Oh, what? Uh, who's got a glass who could pour this out? Uh, there you go. Talk about that. So, as I say, um, they opened in 1992 at Pittsburgh, PA's premier craft beer bar, uh, and uh, Fat Heads was born. But then they uh, moved. Uh, the brewery announced it was going to have um, uh, a brewery in. Ohio, Middleburg Heights. So they've actually, they've also got something now uh, where they, they do stuff in Indiana as well. So that's kind of cool. So they're across three states. So they still have a brewery there in, in Pittsburgh? Uh, let me see. I don't know. I don't think so. It yeah. could possibly. Um, or they built a brewery twice as large as the amazing Beerhorn restaurant in Pittsburgh. So oh, okay. I don't know if they do or not. Have you got yours there, guys? Okay, good. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us about this. This um, Oh, I've got water in my glass. I don't yeah, want to mix that up. It up. There we go. Tell us about what you've got. It's poured out a little lighter than I actually thought it was going to pour. Oh, in color? Well, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it could be. It's right in there. Sure, yeah. And I like a good bit of pininess myself. I would say so. A little in the nose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the finish isn't too... Too resiny, a little bit, but where it should be for an IPA, I think. Really good balance um, in, the, in the body, you know, you get, yeah. you get some of those good fruity hop character, uh, mm. that good fruity hop character. You also get like a good bit of caramel. Um, yeah, there's some base. Caramel to it. Yeah, um, there's some of that. The head looks nice. Really, really balanced, really even, crystal clear. Nice lace on the head. Well, fine, no chunks. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they actually produce a shitload of this fairly um, clear because they they used to put it out in four packs. Now they're putting it out in six packs. Um, it's seven and a half percent, and they describe oh, it wow. as as a West Coast style yeah. IPA. It's yeah. a really good hop bite. West back. Coast. Yeah, this is West yeah. Coast. Oh, yeah, all yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to give you the? the I would not guess seven and a half percent. <laughs> yeah. I got really I got easy. stats on this one. Yeah, right, I right. love stats, right? So color deep golden. Yeah, it is yeah. deep golden. Well, I think it's deep golden. Is that a stat, really? So if you if you compare yeah, this if you compare this to a uh, Centennial Ale from Founders, yeah, it's lighter. Oh, way lighter. Um, way lighter, but it is a deeper golden. Uh, yeah. Um, it, now this always has no clue what it really means to me. It says ending gravity uh, thirty four Plato. What does that mean, guys? Thirty four Plato. That can't be right. Oh, wait a <laughs> three point oh, four. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So the beginning. Well, if it was thirty-four, we'd be cutting with a knife. The beginning. <laughs> the begin, so that's how thick it is, because the beginning gravity is seventeen, so that's a, and the ending is three point four. What yeah. does that mean, Plato? Tell us how much. Over to you, TJ. Yeah. That, that's, wow. It's just a, it's just a measurement for gravity. So uh, most of the time, homebrewers will use specific gravity. Right, but what does the gravity mean? What does that mean? It's what the, is? It's the sugar density. 
Oh, it's a sugar density. So it's how, how much alcohol is in it? I thought it was yeah. ABV. So when the sugar density goes down, you know that your alcohol is going up, and then there's a way to calculate that. Yeah. So if you have a zero Plato, it's freaking Water. grain alcohol. <laughs> well, it's no, like, not necessarily. No. Devil's Advocate. Our Devil's uh, Church Street's Devil's Advocate. Goes that beer ferments down to nothing. Wow. Zero. It starts. At, it's a nine percent beer. It starts at, at the same, uh, basically the same starting gravity as our six and a half percent Brimstone IPA. Mm. You can but even go to nine percent. The other one's six and a half because Brimstone finishes probably a little bit close yeah. to where this one does, and Devils just keeps going all the way until there's nothing. You can even have beers that you know end up in a negative gravity a little bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which Devils does? Does yeah. that mean they float? No gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Floats on water what? Is zero. Yeah, water oh, is zero. Oh, that's what. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah. And on the SRM yeah. scale, which is how colorful the beer is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. From light to dark. Yeah. So, water is zero, right? Uh, sir. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Water on the SRM, water is zero. Right. Right. Enough water about the Miller products. <laughs> <laughs> so, <now laughs> so, for a 3.4 uh, Play Doh finish on a beer like this, it makes sense. It's 7.5%. It's got a little bit of body. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, 17 Plato Stardia, that makes, yeah. So when you said there's more like a West Coast IPA, I always thought the West Coast IPAs had a little less of the caramel, like, malt character in the well, finish. Well, I Is think that, it comes no? in as a West Coast because it has that slightly uh, grapefruity type mm. of finish, right? It's a little bit real that grapefruit tartness. I think West Coast IPA just mostly refers to the hops that are there because it's an IPA that right. is made by the hops. Okay, what are the hops? See if you can guess. Well, I always thought of West Coast is really... No, wrong. I always thought uh, uh, Piney was always... I always thought West Coast guess. was Piney. Have a guess, a Centennial. Yes, you're correct. Really? Your turn. Oh, there's probably some more than just Centennial in there. Yes, man. there's two others. Uh, and what did you guess? Chinook? I guess Chinook. All right, how about Amarillo? No, you're wrong. Okay, I'm going to guess Columbus. Oh, oh you're I'm looking right. at the screen. There, there you go. And then there's the Lala one. Come on, you got to know. This is... Uh, Cascade? No! Uh, Simcoe or... Hey, there you Simcoe. go. Simcoe. Hey, it's, the, it's the bite. Uh, it's the bite, because I'm not a fan of Simcoe. You want a job at Church Street? <laughs> not a fan of Simcoe. I've, I, I, I detect that always on the far, far back, back reaches of my throat. I, I can always get Simcoe. Yeah, it's, not, it's not, you know... I wouldn't say it's like cat, you know, sometimes people say something. It, it can be depending on when it's yeah, used. Do. I, the, the, the Columbus definitely makes sense because I get kind of like a little bit of like that garlic grassy kind of thing. Yeah. Going so mm. let me ask a question of the two brewers then. So when you are choosing a new hop or a hop, <coughs> excuse me, for a beer, mm -hmm. how, how have you <laughs> defined the hop profile how, or how, uh, rather, how do you go about defining that? Do you get samples from hot places and then you like chew on the pellets or you smell them or do you have to brew a beer to get it and rely upon what they say it's going to turn out to be? I feel like for hops, you almost just kind of have to go by experience, right? I mean, yeah. just in trying different beers and seeing, because it is... You can smush them up in your hands, you know. I mean, you can, you can put them in your hands and smush them up and smell it, you know, and get all that... Oil all over your hands. No, it's not <laughs> no. anything except wanting to spit it out and get some water really but, fast. Uh, I've done that before. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes what I've done when I have whole hops is you get like a beer that has almost no flavor to it, and then take your glass and smush the hops on the inside of your glass, and then get rid of all the particulates, then pour like this beer in like a you know something that has almost no flavor to it, like a like a Bud Light or something, swish it around, and then try it and 
It, it works pretty well. That sounds like fun. It works pretty well. It works pretty well. Yeah, and get it on the inside of your glass. The next yeah. time you come, bring some hops with you. I'll have a couple of Bud Lights. Because <laughs> I know um, there was a place that I went to, uh, some sort of a brew pub, and they would have a French press or cafetiere, and they yeah. would put the beer in there, and then they would give you a couple of different hops and they would actually be the fresh hops so this is kind of something yeah it works they, better with whole hops than yeah pellets. Uh, and then they they put those you know you put them in there and see how it changes the flavor mm. right mm -hmm. so you get one and you put one of the hops in you squeeze it down and then you drink it and you see how you like it and then you do the other one now you have to do that obviously with it would seem to me a, a place kind of like hop vine where ken mullen where, where he's growing his own hops then you've got yeah. A certain amount of hops, which is probably not enough to make a batch of beer, but be really cool for to try that sort of. You, you, you can know. order whole hops, you know, online from oh, Fresh Hops oh, out yeah. in Oregon, okay. so and they have a lot of different varieties. There's other places you can get whole hops from, and I, I just started doing it because uh, some of my nieces and nephews they would leave like you know, like Miller Light or something around mm -hmm. after they left, and and uh, I have hops growing in my backyard, so it just was a natural thing to. You know, Uncle Chuck, yeah. can I have a <laughs> yeah. beer, please? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> from, from a consumer standpoint, whenever I go to a brewery, if they've got a single hop beer on, I always make sure to give it a try. Yeah. Because that's really the best way to that's figure out. Oh, that's I mean, yeah. is, to, is to hunt down single hot beers yeah. at a brewery. Just smash or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll give you a keener sense of what, what a specific top tastes a lot like. Of, you've a lot got of a, home brew clubs do that, too. Like, yeah. our, our club will have... Like uh, one of those things, where they'll all brew the same wort, but then they'll all try a new hop. Sometimes they don't even have names yet; there's just a number. Assigned yeah, yeah, to it. yeah. And that, and that was the first smash beer I had was at Flesk when they were in Lombard. Yeah. It was freaking delicious, and I said I love smash beers because they're they're not refined; they're very. You know what you what you get. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. see is what you get. Yeah, yeah. It's not really what you taste is what you get. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're great. I love smash beers. They're really cool. Um, I was going to say something else about hop. Uh, what is this? Head hunters, and I Head forgot hunters. what it was. So <laughs> somebody else fill in, please. Thank you. Uh, you. You take some time off, and you just fall apart, don't oh, you? Oh man, I tell you, I haven't done it for a couple of weeks. I see some world uh, beer cup. And I haven't had a beer either. Whoa! You want more beer? I said some, I see some world beer cup medals on the side of the. Line. Oh, uh, they do, and they have a twenty. God, it's so small. Even I can't. Can you read that? Yeah. <laughs> Younger eyes. Give it to the youngest. Give it to the youngest. 2012 and 2014 Silver Award for American Style India Pale Ale. Um, and then we've got a 2010-2011 Silver and Bronze Medal, uh, respectively, for uh, the same category. Okay. So they've, they've never quite gotten the gold with this, but it's damn good beer. Yeah. It is. It's, it's very, very tasty. I think thumbs up everywhere yeah yeah thumbs up oh, I'm, everywhere. I'm sorry the, the 2010 2011 silver and browns are gbf not world beer oh okay oh that's uh, they've got two silvers uh, in the world beer cup uh, and a silver and a bronze in, in gbf pretty solid pretty solid which is okay which is better to have if you were a brewer would you prefer a gbf or a that's world beer I like, cup? I like world beer cup but i mean they're both really good World, yeah, beer cup, world, world Beer Cup is an extra level of prestige because they don't do it every year, right? Isn't it every Yeah, every couple every of years. years. Yeah, 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 I think it's every two years. years. So we're halfway through our six-pack. Um, I'm going to start off the back end um, with another IPA, uh, this time from somewhere in Fort Harrison, Indianapolis.
Okay, that? we're back yeah. with beer number four. This exists briefly in nature. Hey, oh, we're I'm back. Sorry. Quiet, please. Thank okay. you. Um, whilst <laughs> we were gone, uh, we got uh, we got TJ hooked up on the Wi-Fi, and he looked up the word effervescence because that was what they had as bubbles rose ale, whatever the hell it was from Ryan guys. So, what is evanescence? Uh, according to Wikipedia, it refers to ephemerality. Uh, that that that's it, Phil. That's it. Oh, come on. You're going to read the <laughs> Which resume. means a uh, concept of things being transitory, existing only briefly. Well, that beer only is just suck it down, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, moving on. The next brewery is... Um, I'm sorry, I'm eating a pretzel in between here. <laughs> <laughs> you really you have go. lost it there. Go. <laughs> um, this is from brewing, T-R-I-T-O-M. Oh, and this Indian is called office. Rail Splitter. <laughs> oh, I got the cost of it. All right, just... We've got some spicy food. Rail Splitter Ale. And this is another IPA. And uh, I'll keep that. Uh, would you like to pour that out Sighting. and pass it around there, please, Chuck, while we talk about this? Um, now, this says that it is their flagship beer. Now, I'd never heard of Triton Brewing Company. No? Been there um, twice. I don't know where Fort Harrison is, but it's near Indianapolis. It says Fort Harrison, the, Indianapolis, Indiana. It's on Indiana. the east side. Of oh, east, it's on the east side? East yes, it is part of Indianapolis. Thank you very much. That's great. Yeah, it probably is in um, the city of Indy, I believe. And, and and I like the start out that they say for it on the website. It says, drinking the same beer every time is like eating nothing but macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese is great, but only kids want to eat the same food every meal. So apparently they do a uh, selection of beers. This one is their IPA. It's a flagship for them. Uh, you can get it year round. Um, he says it's a golden brew. With notable citrus and floral aromas, balance on a nice malty backbone with a dry finish, which sounds like you know pretty much every other IPA or West Coast IPA. So How does this compare in terms of color to our Headhunter? This one's darker. Yeah, darker. For sure. So it's, it's more like this is copper. more like a copper color. Oh, yeah. So I'll get you clear. Copper. Clear, clear okay. copper color. Yeah. Um, more. This is a malt forward sample that we have, so it may be a little bit old. A little bit no, old? No, it's Best Buy 1019. Is that what it said? Yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. When I was looking at the bottle, there's a Best Buy date of 1019 on that, so we're still okay. It's relatively it's fresh, very, probably, if they put a 90 or 120-day um, code on it. It's a malt forward beer, in my opinion, for an IPA. AB, what do you think on the ABV? Um, I don't think it's higher than the last. I'm going to guess like 6.8. Oh, nice. Okay. Seven. There you go. Yeah, we'll give it that one. Yeah, they uh, now okay. If if we come to the guessing the hops again, um, they have different hops in here to the other ones. Uh, four different hops. In fact, they got four hops here. So, having tasted it, we're going to go around and see if you can guess. Okay, what's in them? Oh, so, man. TJ, let's see what I described: citrus and and. Uh See, I still feel like I'm getting some pine, and I know that. This is real piney. I, I know that's. I know that Chinook used to be like really big with West yeah. Coast IP. I, I don't know. I'm gonna guess Chinook again. Uh, wrong again. Okay. Come on. It's hard to guess. Well, the, the bitter, you know, and part of it is I think Chuck's right. There might be a little bit of age on it, and and it does tend to run. So. Yeah. It does tend to run a little piney at that point sometimes. All right. So I this, thought the other was more piney than this one. To be honest. Yeah. This is eight. Best Buy 8, 10, 19. It. So it's another two months. Come on. Well, how? John? When was this? A Cascade. Uh, no. 
Oh, I don't know when it was bottled. I can't. We just say when it was well, bottled. They put 120 days on it. Which so, most of them. Yeah. I should stop trying to pick up bittering hops. That's what. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, these hops that we're talking about, they're either for bittering, aroma, or well, flavor. Yeah, right? Yeah. Is that the three? Yeah. Things? And I've, I've got what I'm getting is mostly bitter from the hops. There's certainly some hop flavor, but it's very malt forward. Uh, some IPAs that come out tasting like this simply have um, aged warm on the on the shelf for two months. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes for them to lose a lot of their hop character. So that's why I was just wondering how old it was. That's all. I still find I still find it. It's like a, it's got a really good malt backbone. I still mm-hmm. find it enjoyable. It is. It has lost quite a bit of its kind of the the fruitiness that it probably had. Some of that citrus, some of that floral, mostly. Yeah, the floral I mean, is what I find usually goes first. If 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 it smells like a bouquet of flowers now, savor it while you can because it's it's yeah. very. It has some evanescence. Evanescence. So, so okay. I'm going to name what the hops one by one. You tell me whether what they are, flavor, bitterness, or aroma. Uh, magnum. Bittering. Quite often bittering. Yeah. Okay. Uh, summit. Ooh. Summit, I think, can kind of be a dual purpose. Yeah. I'd have to look that one up. I haven't used Summit Swing a lot. Swing both ways. I think, summit, I think summit. summit can kind of do both. I, I feel like they might have mm-hmm. used that one for bittering on this one. Now, have you heard of this one? I haven't. Uh, this is a new one to me. Not Galena, but Galena. G-E-L-E-N-A. Uh, G-E-L-E-N-A. I don't know that one either. E-N-A. Any thoughts on that? Never heard of that one. G-E-L-E-N-A. G-E-L-E-N-A. E N A. Is it like a Jelena? Google it. I mean, is that is oh, that? Oh, Galena. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're is on that the a Wi-Fi. Typo? Bloody typo? Google it. No, Come I was gonna on. say I think that's a typo for Galena, which is definitely a bittering. <laughs> well, hop. well, type. Take a look while I'm I'll, asking I'll, the next I'll one. I'll look it up. And the I'll final one in there is C T Z. Oh, that's Columbus. Uh, Tomahawk and, and Zeus. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's what? It's a blend. It's a blend of three. Oh, hops. it's a blended hop. Oh, so it's a hot. So, okay, so a hot, it's, it's a, a blended hot. Is that a, uh, what do they call the stuff that that, that they... Um, it's blended, it's blended. No, when, with vegetables, <laughs> there's no, I want to say no OMGs, but that's not right. What is it? <laughs> no, idea know, what, in food, no idea what you're talking In food, about. you, you just, know when they've created a hybrid... No, oh, GMO. GMO, thank no. you. No, so no, is that no. like a GMO? No, they, they, just, they just had some Columbus and they had some Zeus and some, they have some Tomahawk and they just poured them in this thing. You know, well, then that's then, three different hops. It's a blend, it's a blend of three. Yeah. It's a blend of He's three. He's got the answer. It, 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 when I typed in Galena with an E hops, it came... It, Fixed it to Galena. Okay, G-A-L. so rail splitter, so, you have which, which a, is a twelve yeah. percent alpha hop. So that's okay. that's a it's a bittering hop style. So you it, could probably you, you could use I mean you could use use hops anywhere. That's part of the the fun yeah. of them. I imagine you could do some pretty weird experimentation by using some bittering hops late in the game and yeah. Um, Maybe it's got a higher, I don't know, I'd have to look at the stats on it, but I don't think I've ever had a beer with a heavy dry hop of Galena or late editions of Galena. I think typically you find it, yeah. um, so you this find is, it at the start of the board. Yeah, it's not, necessarily, yeah, it's not much of a aroma. This is... Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think so. I'd have to look at the stats on it, but I, I don't. it's not typically well known as an aroma. No, hop. no. This is ABV 7 and okay. uh, IBU 70, which... To me, fits right in. I don't know. I'm saying. I think that's I a think high estimate good. for that. What? Seventy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I didn't find What'd it to say? be. He said the oh, IBUs were seventy. I'm oh, like, the IBUs. Yeah, I'm like, no. It just doesn't oh, yeah. seem like a seventy to me. Well, well um, gosh, it's definitely bitter. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, usually past sixty or seventy, you can't really taste much. I don't know. Like I, said, I, I didn't find it particularly bitter. And I and I don't know I why it's called real. rail splitter. Um, maybe they're by a railroad. Anyway, they've done a done a good job. And um, Triton Brewing, I think, has been around since February 2010. I actually googled the name you know wanted to find out who owned it and there wasn't much information online and i got the linkedin um uh, history the cv for the guy who owns it but i didn't get his name so terribly sorry mr triton brewing but he's been doing it since february 2010 and uh, he's got a 76 seat tasting room hmm, okay that's pretty good yes yeah, nice um, and he used to be the brewmaster at barley island brewing company Don't noblesville know where that is noblesville indiana oh it is yeah. okay cool just outside I'm of indiana so just outside of indianapolis to the north i'm so glad you're here <laughs> and then and then before that he was an inside sales manager so i bet that was an exciting job <laughs> get rid of anyway um i like this this is a this is an ipa that hits my spots um I prefer this to the West Coast. It's more kind of more centennial, if you will, uh, which is my go-to. So I, I would I'm kind of call this a West Coast because it's. You're going to call it West Coast. I would okay. still call it kind of a West Coast style. I mean, like it's you know, I you can call anything hopped up and IPA pretty much, but I mean, this is it, it. Very much hits a lot of those West Coast notes. It's got it's got a lot of bittering. I, well, not not if you're going by Chuck's definition with the caramel. It's got a lot of caramel malt. Yeah. Because yeah, more caramel malt than the other one. To me, I would I would just like it to be a little, a little less caramelly. That's just me. I'm right in the middle of all. I'm right in the middle of all of you people. Yeah, but I, to me, I get um, caramel and a lot of bittering on the on the back end, which is you know I would I prefer a little more hop flavor up front and a little and back off the malt just a little bit. And that's, got, just me. that's just me. I know I've got a very dry finish in my mouth now, so and that's fine as far as I'm. Hey, um, so from the east side of Indianapolis, we're now going to head to anybody know where Bargesville, Indiana is? Bargesville? Mm, no. Well, that's where we're going next yeah, okay. for our last two. Well, we might have a bonus brew, uh, but the last two are um, from the same brewery, so I don't have to tell you much about them twice. The Hoosier State boasts that it's the childhood home of Abraham Lincoln. And I'm meeting a woman who believes she's inherited the very tool that Lincoln used as a young man to split rails. If so, that would be amazing. Lincoln's image as the rail splitter was a key to his unlikely election as president in 1860. He was known as the rail splitter, and I'm sure that he used it to split wood to make fences. Uh, one of the things I forgot to do on that previous beer was ask for a thumbs up. Um, Chuck? Uh, I'm going to go 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. John? Straight up. Straight up. Straight up for TJ. I'm going to go straight up. In fact, I'll give it two thumbs up because I, I prefer mm -hmm. that to the headhunters. But I will right. agree with you. That's, That's just me. I'll teach Chuck a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that'll teach you <laughs> a lesson. Yeah, Put me man. in my place. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to Bargesville, Indiana, and I asked uh, TJ, who is now on my Wi-Fi, 
to find out where Bodgersville is, and it is it is directly south in it of Indianapolis. It's I can't tell exactly. I didn't Google Map it to see how far, but uh, it doesn't look like too much of a drive. Because if I if I zoom out far enough, it looks like the the blip is pretty much on top of Indianapolis, so it can't be too far. All right, so there we go. We're in Bodgersville. There's a 20 barrel brew house there. Uh, and uh, you know, you know the saying: "There's two things that are certain in life, and it's death and taxes." Yes. Well, we have both of those on the cans that I have here, and it's the Taxman Brewery, mm-hmm. Bargesville, Indiana. In fact, they have a port, a Fortville location as well. And I don't know where Fortville is, but I'm going to think it's close to uh, Bargesville. Um, and these guys, um, it's a husband and wife who owns it. And if you go out to the website, um, she's pretty hot. <laughs> Excuse me? I have to say that. But anyway, they do Belgian-style beers. And uh, so when I was picking out this six-pack, I just spotted the can, and I thought that's kind of interesting because it's, it's a little bit different. But, uh, you know, having a penchant for uh, Belgian beers, I went for a couple of theirs. We have Deduction. Now, the names are obviously associated with taxes, and I'll tell you where that connection comes in just a second. So Deduction, which is a Belgian-style double ale, and Qualified, which is a Belgian-style quadruple ale. Which one would you like to start with, John? Yeah, the double. <laughs> the double. Okay, well done. I heard Chuck whispering. <laughs> All right, so we'll open this one Only up here. Only because the swallow burn the double. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm going to get the first pour of this. Oh, my goodness. This is goodness in a can. Go ahead and pour your own stuff. This is a double? I, uh, this, this is, is a double, double. yeah. And um, this right. one is actually uh, 8%, so it's the strongest beer we've had tonight. We haven't had too many strong beers. Um, but they, they, their annual production of this place is 6,000 barrels, and they got all sorts of different releases. If you go out to their website, their selection of brews is quite extensive and really, really encouraging. So I'm hoping for big things from these guys. Um, the couple who, uh, it, who uh, own this place is, or co-founders are, Leah and Nathan. Now, I'm going to murder their last name. <laughs> so it's like... Huselbush, B-U-S-C-H, which is very irony, right, to have Bush in their name and they produce uh, Belgian-style beers. Um, uh, interestingly, the notes on their website uh, about how they uh, how they met was, Nathan said, I was impressed by her beer fridge. Now, I don't know if that's like code for something or what, but uh, anyway, he liked it. And then 21 days after their wedding, they moved to Brussels. Where he had, uh, where he was a international tax manager, hence Taxman Brewing. I'm uh, assuming later on. Uh, so they obviously liked the the, the the Belgian beer styles, and I was fortunate enough um, to taste uh, something from Bruges, Bruges Zot, Belgian Golden, which uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Pam, ring for Pam. God, you know, you you haven't got my donkey going uh, I'm very sorry. well today. No. There's um, a bottle she, in the way of the ringer. She went out to Belgium specifically to Bruges, and she travelled around the De Harvman Brewery, which is probably the premier brewery in Bruges. 
Um, and they, there you go. That's a Belgian <laughs> ding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you, you flicking your finger? I did flick okay. it. Um, so somewhere easier. And she brought that one back. So I, uh, in a future show, we're going to have Omegang brewery only beers because I went to the Omegang. I just love Belgian styles. So this has poured out in a, well, it's kind of a dark. Now, double, I think. Yeah. Doubles are supposed be to be a little darker. lighter. Well, the triples are lighter. The doubles are darker. Okay, the doubles are darker. Okay, yeah. so this is darker. It's poured out really nice. You guys have had a chance to get the aroma on it. What do you What do you think? Let's start with TJ this time around. Excuse me. You're on. That's an excuse for you. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the. I really enjoy what the spear's got going on. It's it's it, it's textbook Belgian double. It's got like a really fruity raisiny. Uh, kind of character to it. Um, I'm not sniffing great today, so I'm not having. Do you have a cloggage in your packages? <laughs> Need a little bit more foam in my glass. Okay, um, foam sweet. But foam. yeah, I, I, I would say it's. I think it's the aroma got, is it, pretty much on with the, the flavor. Yeah, yeah I, I would say it's got just like a really, really nice fruity raisiny <clears throat> character oh, going. Man. Oh, it smells good. I can tell you. And it, like really, yeah. really like it's not toasty, it's not roasty. It's got a really great malt backbone to it. You could throw back quite. A I, few I always like it when they say there's rich, uh, as their description says, rich notes of raisin, raisin and fig. fig. Yeah, raisin Sweet. fig. And I nailed the raisin. Yeah, that's yeah. raisin fig and plum. That's I mean, it. it's got going every. It's got it's got it all going on. Yeah, trying to pig out the fruit is interesting. Yeah, it's raisin, fig, yeah. raisin fig and plum. It's, yeah, it's the, the raisin it's, was, yeah. is what stands out to me. Figs yeah, the, keeps the, you going. And yeah. it's, it's got just the right amount of like caramel sweetness on the back end. Um, yeah, this, this is, is this is a real winner. Mm. Yeah, I'm drinking it. Someone else talk. <laughs> John, no, I do you like it? No, no, it's, yeah, yeah. This is a really good beer. This is well made. It's, it's looks nice too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's go ahead. Even though it's yeah, dark, it's it's crystal clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now the stuff on the side of my glass. <clears throat> there's uh, for me. Great. I find it interesting that they putting these into uh, twelve ounce cans. Twelve ounce, yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yes, um, indeed. And they sell them in, I think they sell them in four or six packs. I can't remember because I, I got it in the mix and match Probably section. Six right? packs, so But I mean, that, that's on kind I of a see doing fours, a yeah. little bit bigger beer. Yeah, a little yeah. pricey probably yeah. in a six pack. Mm. And uh, this isn't the kind of thing you could probably kill a six pack of in one sitting. No, but both because of the ABV could. and just because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beer that you kind of <laughs> sip on. Speak for on yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, Belgian style. Chuck's going to take the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, uh, I've talked a lot about this brewery. It's in uh, Boca Raton. It is the Barrel of Monks Brewery. We've reviewed their beers. In fact, you guys, you know, we, I lost that bet over the World Cup. They sent us uh, beers back. Um, they do really good Belgian styles. This is, I think these guys are rivaling at least some of their mainstream beers, but isn't there some news about Barrel of Monks and Church Street that uh, you need uh, to say? Or is that is that something we can't talk about? Oh, no, I think we can talk about it. Oh, we can talk it, about buddy. it. Nothing, nothing's been uh, decided yet in terms of what brew, but we will be doing a collaboration with them. I don't think... Uh, uh, I don't think I will I will be around long enough to uh, <laughs> to do it. So that's going to fall 
It's going to fall upon Chuck and the, the <laughs> boys over at Barrel Monks to figure out yeah, what you're going to make. But and they, uh, whatever it is, I'm, I'm sure excited to try it. But they're coming up cans. here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're coming cool. up here sometime in September, so, and then we're oh, going to talk man. beer. I, I'll be there. We're going to hammer out some man. recipes, and then we're going to hammer out some beer. And uh, drink you know some beers I'll be there with bells on, my friend. And maybe maybe this can be the... Uh, uh, well... I kind of like to think that I introduced you guys because I sent down your barrel-aged um, Devil's Advocate. What's it called? Devil's... Devil's Playground? Playground. Yeah. Playground or Uncorked. Prophecy. I don't think we ever bottled Uncorked, so it had know. to be yeah. Playground. It had to be and, Playground. And uh, yeah, they loved it. Lisa's daughter also works there. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Really? That's oh, a new wow. development. Yes, That's new. a new development. Well, maybe it wasn't <laughs> me then. <laughs> It's a small but world. I, I did, small I did world. say to uh, wow, Kevin yeah. down there at Barrel of Monks that uh, that would be a really cool thing to do a collaboration because you're, you know, your devil's advocate. Now it's a uh, exceptional in beer connoisseur, you know. Um, and and so, it just got a new medal a few weeks ago. Oh, it, it did? Which yeah, one? it won a gold at the Can Can Awards. It's a. Is that a French thing? Yes. No, it's a <laughs> California <laughs> thing. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a beer festival of of just canned beer. And it won gold in the Belgian category. It's out in Arizona, right? Uh, California. California. Okay, I knew. I oh, it was California. So, yep. So your beers are they distributing to California? Uh, no, not kind Not yet. Okay, it's not just yet. you sent it out there. It was just Off a festival go, that happened beer. to be getting judged in California. From okay. what I understand, if okay. I if I remember correctly. So, okay. Well. Um, this beer we're drinking, I'm terribly sorry, Taxman, we got off on a on a tangent about your beer. <laughs> this is, um, as far as I'm concerned, really uh, excellent, and uh, maybe we should sup this one down and compare it to the quadruple. Mm. Now, I've always wondered what the difference between, you know, there's a single, there's a double, there's a quadruple. Is it <laughs> the alcohol? Is it the ingredients? Is it the color? What, what's the difference? All of those things. You know, the Belgians, <laughs> all of them, okay. all, the Belgians yeah. don't like to be nailed down on, on anything. They don't even like, if you try to categorize they, their beer, they get pissed off, you know. They so do, yeah, they you're do, right. They do, you know. Yeah. So, you know, but you have to, in order to talk about them intelligently, you have to, <laughs> you have to put them in some sort of general categories. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the quad is just, you know, Big, the, yeah. it's just a really big version of. So the of so these. the quad, it's the Belgian um, beer equivalent of a Russian imperial. Style. Yeah. Oh yeah, really? Like that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well then. That's and there's a certain amount of freedom, not just because it's a Belgian beer, but I don't even know if a quad is an ex. I don't. I don't know if some of the if the Belgians define a quad. Is that? Yeah, and, yeah. and the BJCP and some of the other organizations. I don't know if they have quads in there yet. They. They probably will at some point because they're getting real popular. But I, what I would expect is uh, darker, fruitier, boozier, and uh, yeah. maybe a maybe little... Maybe some spices or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe some spices or some... Uh, I don't know necessarily much darker, though. I mean, it's a pretty dark... Uh, I've it's seen, a pretty dark I, double. I, think, I feel it's like I've seen some double. quads yeah, that... Yeah, it is pretty dark. I've seen, uh, there's probably some quads that are about as light as this double and some that are probably about as almost like, as almost dark as the stout. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let's let's play some waiting music whilst I crack open the next one. Well, thank you for that lovely waiting music. Um, I'm, we've now finished our. Um, what do we have? 
Doubles. <laughs> do, oh, you said double. Is it double or double? I call it double. Okay. Double. Double is the actual brand. D U B B E L, right? Which must be yeah. Belgique for double. <laughs> yeah. That's <Belgique>. Flemish, isn't it? <laughs> the Flems. <laughs> the Flems. Okay. You speak the Flemish? last one we have, or at least the last one in my six pack, is qualified. Another uh, taxing phrase, I guess. And this is the Belgian style quadruple ale. This little puppy comes in. There we go. At 9.5, which I think is for a 12 ounce, uh, you know, which people seem to think are, you know, beers you can put down your neck. Um, <laughs> you know, right? You know, in a can like that. I think that's pretty high. But um, this one has poured out um, almost as dark as the uh, double. Um, a lot more head, though. A little darker, maybe. A little darker. A little darker. Yeah. I'd be really surprised if it was lighter. So why are you? Maybe guys, it is. You can see through it. Darker. It's clear. Yeah. No, it's why, a little, little darker guys, color. While you guys are pouring it out and evaluating, um, the uh, the Taxman Brewing is on South Baldwin Street in Bargesville. Not that anybody knows where that is, but. Um, it's only a town of 7,000 people with an area of about five square miles. And that's kind of interesting because they have brought their beer into that area. that They're distributing it out, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And they've got a, a gastro pub there, and they apparently really like to um, pair up their beers with all sorts of great foods, like mm -hmm. grass-fed beef burgers and... Grass. Mac and mussels, which sounds bloody awful because I hate mussels, but anyway, yeah. macaroni and mussels. Um, so they've been around since 2014. Um, so far, I think they're uh, they're doing a good job with the one we've tasted. How about this one? Uh, John, aroma and mm. flavor. Come on. No. <laughs> Still oh, just... i got to pour more out so I can get a picture of it. Where's the can, you yes. bastards? Come on. Oh, we're hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, definitely more... More boozy. Yeah, get a little more alcohol. Yeah, uh, yeah, alcohol yeah, sensors yeah. are going off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah more of that, uh, that boozy esterness going on. But it's not too. a hot. It's not no, hot. No, it's not hot. No, no, no. no. Yeah. You, you, do, you do know that it's a, it's just it's a little bit higher. in there. Yeah. Than the I, other. I feel like it's definitely the same yeast. I'm getting a lot of the same notes as I did out of the double. They're just amplified. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's... Uh, kind of like going from a IPA to like a double IPA. I'm wondering if maybe they just boosted their Ramped base grain up, and yeah. kept all their specialties very similar because we were saying that you know in terms of darkness it's very similar it's not it's not significantly darker than a double than the double was yeah um the malt kind of if that's what they did i'm not complaining i'm I'm, I'm it's really good it reminds me of like when craft beer was a little less trendy you know like it like that's that's what it tastes like to me it just conjures up like back when a quad was something really was really four wheels re really special <laughs> and popular yeah. and so, well no, i guess not popular but like it was a special beer it was it was one of those it was yeah, one of those things you kind of discovered because you're like what the hell is a belgian quad i've never never heard yeah. of that yeah, i'm familiar right. with lagers and pilsners and <laughs> yeah. stouts but what the hell is this and it's like oh this is really special um so I, I I think they they nailed it. I mean, this is uh, so this this one's this one's kind of like the previous one, but it's it's uh, it's bigger all around and it's got a little more uh, malt character. 
sweetness. I don't mm. find quite the level of, of raisin and plum. I agree. And I think because <coughs> I think it's the actually there, but I think the malt is it's, stepping it's, it's on there. It's buried a little bit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Because yeah, yeah, you are yeah, getting yeah. a little <coughs> bit of that booziness. Not yeah. hot, but. I, the other one had more, had more of that raisin yeah. plum fig thing going on than what this one does. Even within the nose and the taste, yeah. both of them, it, it, it's muted. It, it's it's just a balanced thing. It's amazing like with what balance does. When you're brewing beers, you know it's like with like with happy beers. Over. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Balance is an issue on the back end, but <laughs> when you're brewing it, it's an issue because if if you put too much malt in, it'll it'll tamp down some of the other flavors, and you drop the malt character, and then these whether it tops or in this case it's the fruity you know character you're looking for will come out. So. so you mentioned about esters, which is another. Antester. Um, yeah. What is? <laughs> what when when you're tasting a beer? What when you say esters? What are you looking for? What what comes out? What you're looking for is a it's a well it's usually a fruity flavor. Not always, but usually it's a fruity flavor. It can be banana, like in Hefeweizens. Okay. But a lot of times, bubble um, a little bubble gummy. Yeah. A lot of times it's just a, like a fruit that you can't really put your finger on, uh, and it's a yeast derived flavor, so it's not actual fruit. So, in an article that was in a uh, newspaper, um, the uh, the Leah half of this uh, Leah and Nathan group uh, said that they don't like beers that are super cloying, which I would agree. None of these are very cloying, right? No. They're very clean. That's where the sweetness um, is. And, and two Esther it's Ford. It's appropriate sweetness. They say they don't like them with their two Esther Ford. Um, they homebrewed in Belgium and uh, missed the hot profile of American styles. So, uh, Taxman, we are brewing traditional styles with a little more hopping on late editions. Does that explain anything? Mm. I'm not getting a lot of not hops. Not, no, not, yeah. not neither of, of these. Yeah. Maybe some of their other beers maybe, might be. Maybe some of the other beers might be. It might kind of, I don't know, maybe it kind of... But no, I, not in this at all. I this was is about to say something, and I disagreed with it. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you threw late hops in this and you didn't use very many, it, they're getting lost and all this. I don't stuff. feel like the IBUs are inappropriately high. Maybe they just maybe they just like their Belgian beers on the slightly higher IBU end of the spectrum for the style. It's also possible. And that, that, uh, I mean, if this is the result, I can't really complain. No. So here's what I would say about both of these beers, uh, because, and this comes from a paragraph I was reading here in that same article where they say, of course, they're in central Indiana, right? So when you bring the Belgian styles to somewhere like that, um, maybe that's a little too much. So they, I think they've adjusted the brewing style to... Make it a little more palatable. Oh, I see. So, because I've never been more, to Belgium, a little more, little more approachable to I, their it's been consumer a, base. It's been a while since I've consumed a lot of like, <laughs> like from Belgium, yeah. Belgian beers. So, yeah, maybe yeah. they are a little bit richer. Yeah. They tamed them down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit richer, a little lower on the hops, a little higher on the the malt sweetness. Maybe. Um, However, beers I, like this do finish high. They they finish with a lot more sugar in them. I would definitely say that. You know, they're, they're really good beers. I'm giving both of these a thumbs up. I think I prefer the yeah. uh, double to the Me too. quad. Me too. Yeah? yeah. 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 I, I, just I, a little I'm going to be the outlier and I'm going to say No, I, I agree. I, agree. I, I love this quad, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. He likes yeah. the quad. Quad, so quad, quads to me, like, quads are just a treat. You don't see them very often, and when you find a good one, it's yeah. just really nice. 
So All right. Maybe well, it's that bias. I agree too. <laughs> we we've had uh, six uh, very quaffable beers, which uh, is actually a bit of a cheat because it's a segue into our bonus beer. But before we get to our bonus beer, I have to thank Chuck, John, and TJ for coming in. Uh, we've had our trip through Ohio and Indiana, and we raise our glasses and we say it's good night from me, and it's good night from him, and. Cheers. Prost. Cheers. Prost. Okay. Well, wait a minute. What's, what's Belgian for cheers? It's Flemish. Anybody you got to tell us. Uh, I, don't know. I can <laughs> Google it now. Oh, Google it. Okay. <laughs> we'll go away, come back for our bonus beer, and you'll Google it by then. So. Cool. Yeah, and we often do these bonus beers because I come across something that fits in with the theme and uh, we didn't really put it in the six pack so this time around we're going to uh, go to the quaff on brewing company quaff on a v- or quaff q-u-a-f-f it's a verb Quaffable. to drink heartily and with gusto ah that? have you ever had remember uh, Schlitz? he was, was a guy like to know. <laughs> he was down the road mr gusto yeah <laughs> Uh, I think he was one of the clowns that got in trouble for uh, abusing children. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, I'm Gusto the Clown. <laughs> um, anyway. Is so, it like Bubbles? Bubbles. Another one of those British characters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Quaff, Quaff Brewing Company is, uh, they are in Nashville. Yes, I said Nashville, oh, wow. Indiana. Yeah. I have no oh, idea oh. where that is. Please Google it, Mr. Wi-Fi. Um, and have um, never gotten that Wi-Fi. <laughs> the, the reason I, I got this one was because I think I had it before. It's called Busted Knuckle. It is a robust porter from Brown County, Indiana. Not brown trousers. Handcrafted. Brown bottle. And uh, I always like a good robust porter in the middle of the summer. So I'm going to crack this open. Now... You made a comment, TJ, that you hoped this wasn't going to out, uh, out quad the quad, <laughs> but uh, you think it might do. Are you do you it's are you possible. familiar with a robust? Oh, do you like robust porters? Um, I I do enjoy my porters. I usually do not like my porters as much as I like my stouts, but um, I I absolutely do enjoy a good porter. And what I found from... Oh, and by, by the way, uh, it's about twice as south as Bargersville from Indianapolis. Oh, you got to go really... Is it near French Lick? Have you ever had a French Excuse Lick? Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah, I know. That's what I, Especially if the wife's listening. Um, this it's is, just west of Gnawbone. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, well there you go. There's there a name you for you. <laughs> no, no, what does that conjure up? How do you spell that? I'm not shitting you. How do you spell that? Gnawbone. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, so... I think it's a town of entirely dogs. No offense to anyone from Gnawbone. But... How do you spell that? G-N-A-W, next word, B-O-N-E. Nor nor bone, not bone. Oh. as in to gnaw on a bone, that's really like yeah, a dog. So maybe <laughs> right, I'll say. Okay, check that town out. Yeah, sounds interesting. Um, okay, I like a good robust. I like to think there's a town full of dogs in Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> a pound. Sure. That's sterling. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> all right, uh, back to the beer. Real quick here, this is poured out, looking absolutely delicious with a, a lovely um, porter head, Chuck. Yeah. 
it's opaque almost. But no, you can see through it. It is clear, but just if you put it up to a bright light, you can see through it. But <sighs> it smells otherwise, poultry. it looks like it might be almost opaque. Yeah, it's um, a good, it's really got, nice head, nice brown mm-hmm. head on it. It lasts a while. Mm-hmm. It's got some hop character, uh, but it has all the flavors a porter should have, you know, with the chocolate and some of the other darker moths. Uh, on the robust porter side, it's probably uh, right in the middle of that category, maybe a little on the light side, but pretty much right in the middle of a robust. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Side, yeah. Maybe. It isn't mm. as um, robust, robust as I was hoping. <laughs> it's row, not bust. Mm. <laughs> John, it's too big ha- to be a brown porter, but it's... it's yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. John, how yeah. do you like porters? I love porters. They're under-respected, I think, in the beer world. Everybody jumps from IPs right to stouts and skips right over that in-between place where the porter lies. A classic historical style, of course. Yes. And uh, porters really work, as far as I'm concerned, very, very well on a cask, in a cask-conditioned ale, you know, poured out. Yeah. Um, Ken McMullen and his, uh, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten what the hell he called it. What was it? The... Oh, uh, the Furkery. The Furkery, thank you. Yes. He'll kill me for not knowing. <laughs> um, yeah. and, it was uh, right on the tip of yeah, your tongue. Right. Um, he, he always had a couple of porters on at the beginning of first two events. Uh, one came from Oswego Brewing Company, and that just came out really nicely because the head was delicious all the natural carbonation and it just was porters are just great for casks and i think that's where they originally started of course because you know back in england that would there wouldn't be any carbonation so there's no carbonation in england which is this i'd say well at least my i don't know i I got a little less head on mine than you guys did but this is this does drink i've been trying to do that i don't know what's up with my glass it's broken <laughs> Maybe it's just swell. <laughs> it's a defective glass. You gave me a defective glass. Well, so I don't know okay. <laughs> um, anybody can guess what the ABV on this is. I was looking at the five. bottle. To, I'm going to guess seven. I'll say five. Six, four. Ah, he's closer. Seven point two. Wow. Very well disguised, but it's got yes. some move to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a little My body knows what it's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um. I don't know too much about Quaffon other than the fact that they're associated with Big Woods restaurants, Hard Truth Distilling, and something called Hard Truth Hills, um, which uh, is something to do with their distilling <laughs> side. So, um, Hard Truth. They're doing distilling, restaurants, the whole works, man, I tell you. Um, this, is, this is a good beer. I like this mm-hmm. as an everyday drinker. Yeah, I just got my second one. So there you go. It's a good dessert beer. It's a good end of the line. End of the line. And yeah. end of the show. Do you have any chocolate well. cake yeah. to go with this? Hmm? Do you have any chocolate cake to go with this? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't go to Portillo's. Does anybody uh, have the Portillo's chocolate cake? My wife no. loves that stuff. This stuff is I, good. Is it good? Yeah, I thought yeah. it's okay. It's about the only good thing you get from Portillo's, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they rush everything else. Mm. But. I like this beer. It's a little. little Thin for a robust port. It is a little thin. Yeah. So yeah, for a robust I, port, a little I thin, want... but it's still a very good beer. Just a little. Yeah. And, and I would once like a again, ro- I would, robustiness. I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit bigger body, maybe a, a touch more, uh, yeah. like some roast and toast in there too, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if they've toned it down a little bit for the Indiana crowd. The India, and I, I, I mean that with all due respect, but when you drive through Indiana, you're driving through a lot of farmland. You know, you. you 
Uh, Driving through a lot yeah. of Miller, Bud, and Coors country. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, well, and, you know, and <laughs> a, lot of brewers, a lot of brewers will admit to the fact that they dial a recipe up over time without the consumer being aware of it. Right. And the consumer's sure. tastes adjust to that. It does. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of brewers <laughs> will admit to that, you know, we, we dial it up. We, we, you know, we tone it you know, we, uh, we, 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 a little more hop next time and a little more malt next time. And the consumer doesn't notice it. And, you, you know, you have to make the beer to your market. And, you know, it's Indiana. There's I a reason mean, why lagers still sell so well, and why, yeah, why, why we can make a living <clears throat> making lagers, because yeah. you know it's not uh, a lot of dial-up involved in it, that because the it, consumer's already at that base. <laughs> any anyone anyone can get on board with a lager. It might not, you know, if you're looking for hops, yeah, obviously a lager is not going to work for you, but. Um, you know, you know, it's I, it's something that's accessible yeah, to you know. To a couple, couple years down the road, they may dial this up, and it may be more rust, robusty than it is now. Is the consumer base that they're serving is adapted to a porter? I mean, it's in, and, how, and many that, porter, that, how many porters? Well, how many porters are think about How many people could consume an IPA typically like twenty years ago? Yeah, now yeah. it's like one of the biggest styles in in beer. Yeah, you yeah. know, like almost anyone can, just about anyone. I'm not going to say everyone because you know. I, I there was a time I had to when I first started drinking beer I like it was a big adjustment for me to drink uh, classic Honkers Ale from Goose I yeah. remember when, <laughs> yeah. when Honkers Ale I was like this is too hoppy for me and then <laughs> to six months later it's, I'm like hit, drinking a uh, you know they, they, they forgot to add uh, Arctic Panzer Wolf <laughs> and Boys, you know, like, yeah yeah, um, yeah so it, it people people's tastes adjust you know I'm still not a big coffee drinker I probably like coffee beer more than I like drinking actual coffee uh, yeah really yeah, I'm agreeing wow. on that one too I, I got I got to have a coffee in the morning to get myself going uh but interesting uh commentary there because i think what's happening from my perspective and i i really can't keep up with all the latest trends and the latest breweries that are popping up all over the place in the chicagoland area right it's too much you've got to pick and choose from uh, from me from running this podcast and going and finding interviews i have to pick and choose what i'm gonna do in terms of is it gonna be something that's really trendy that people um you know are, are hooking onto it, it's the latest thing or do i just go down to some of the smaller breweries that are producing really classic styles really good beers and I'm going to cite Rolling Meadows down there outside of Springfield, right? Yes, yes, indeed. And, um, and we're trying to get down to them to have a chat because they do some really decent ales. But, they're Lincoln's you know, they're, they're, really they're, they're, they're very quiet. They're down there. And, and I'm just looking for something where I get a quality brew and I can say, I really enjoyed that. And maybe that's where all these small breweries are headed. They're going to be very local not perhaps national or statewide distribution or even multi-state distribution. That's where some of the grassroots stuff is happening. I would, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I've been, I was talking with, uh, <coughs> with, uh, I was talking with some other brewers lately. And, and oh, come on, name drop. Well, I was talking a little bit with Brian from Illuminated today because we were brewing a batch for them. And I, I had this discussion with somebody else, too, but I, I don't remember who. I, I've had, I feel like I've had this discussion kind of multiple times now. But it's just interesting where the industry is because it feels like it doesn't make much sense for a brewery, despite their their social media popularity and that, to, to jump into a large production brewery right now, just given like the general climate. Because you do have some smaller places that are shutting down. But you also kind of have to wonder how places that have ramped up are doing right now with their bigger brew houses. Places like, you know, not to suggest anything or to name drop, but just talking locally, places like 
like Goose Island, Revolution, um, who else? Lagunitas, things like that. You know, well, yeah, um, like the big guys, the big guys the with big the huge distribution, who yeah. just hundred hundred. You know, the hundred thousand barrels a year. How? Yeah. I don't know how much barrels. One produce, of them just backed off building a hundred thousand barrel production facility in Arizona, and I can't remember who it was. It oh. was on the map, and they were like, like somebody like that on that. Yeah, tier it somebody, like, yeah, somebody, yeah, it was somebody on that tier. You know, um, I don't think that uh, Sierra Nevada has reached capacity at their new plant out west. Nor has uh, New Belgium. I don't think I haven't I, been to I, Lagunitas I, in a while. I know they had a lot of space when they first yeah, opened. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how that's. But you know, they, they both opened plants out there in. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Asheville area, didn't uh, New Belgium and uh, oh Asheville, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think either of those plants have reached the capacity they were expecting well, I, I, them to. I did go because, to Sierra Nevada, as you said, or Nashville. It's, people, yeah. people are backing off it's from the those cumulative effect of all the little guys that have yep. opened up everywhere. It's taken market the place. death by a thousand knives. Yeah, exactly. Even Sam Adams is running the problem now. They almost sell. You mean as Sam much Dogfish? As, well, it, it, Sam Adams almost sells. Or is that as Dog m- Adams? <laughs> 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 they almost sell prior to the merger. <laughs> they almost sold as much hard cider as they were beer. Hmm. Their their beer. Oh, they're uh, Angry Orchard. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were. Oh, wait a minute, Angry Orchard is. No, not is, that, is that wrong? Who no, Angry is Orchard is, is Jim Hall from Goose, isn't it? No, no, no. John Hall. No, that's Virtue Cider. That's what Virtue Cider oh, is his. Shit, uh, some, yeah, yeah, but Sam, Sam Adams Cider Company. Yeah, Sam. Sam <laughs> It might be angry. Angry Orchard. Orchard. It is. Yeah, hard, hard it is, Cider it is, became yeah. like a really big yeah, trend but, uh, in the last few years. Uh, well, he's got that, and he's got a couple other other lines that, that they do is in the terms of cider. But uh, Sam Adams uh, was almost at a 50-50 split between their cider and their beer. Wow. It has slowly evaporated from that 80-20 almost to that 50-50 split. Hmm. Where they were selling as much cider yeah, as beer. I, I don't think you're going to see many more small breweries pop up to that to that big production the, uh, no, level. No. And I, I think it is. I think it is going to become more like what it was pre-prohibition, where just every town has their own yep. brewery or breweries, depending on the size of the town. And yeah. you know, you're going to see some come, you're going to see some go, and then That's there's going to be some that stick around. And I think they're going to stay kind of local. small yeah, yeah, and we're, local. We're, we're two, the local is two, good. Two fifty in the state right now. Yeah, well, it keeps the beer better too. You know, it, it doesn't serve the beer community if you're making more than the people want to consume or can consume. You know. I, I, I do know that if you make shit beer, it doesn't matter if you're local or big, people are not going to drink it because there's so much competition out there. If you make a good standard beer, you're going to be in good shape. Right. And I think I read uh, there was a stat somewhere where it said <laughs> that the big guys had not made as much of a inroad by buying up these smaller breweries than they had hoped to and that the smaller brewers were having an effect upon that you know acquisition it must be like a a leak in a submarine right you Uh close one hole and another Uh one opens and you got so many fingers you can't buy them all right and then if you buy them and you try to kill them well then they're just going to go drink something else that philosophy of buying a regional craft brewery in each part of the country if you look at the way they, they, they've spread themselves out. AB InBev. Oh, if you look yeah. at the way they've spread themselves out across the country, they've got a regional crappery in, in each section of the country. And they bought Goose. That was the that was the first that was the first ones. one. The Midwest, yeah. and you got you got uh, a Ten Barrel, and you got uh, I forget who's down in the Southwest. Uh, the, the their large investment gives them uh, parts of Windmere and Red Hook and Kona. Yeah, right. And then they took oh, one yeah. grand. Hey, what happened to Red t- Hook? Red Hook went away, didn't it? No, they're still still there, still okay. floating around. And then they took one brand or two brands from them and threw it out nationwide. Hence why you see honkers and and, and, and the IPA from 
Yeah. Uh, not Honker Super. IPA and the 312. Right? Yeah. IPA and 312 from one end of the country to the other. Why you see Kona Lawn Board from one end of the country to the other. But if you want another beer from Kona. In the end, what drives beer. <laughs> you, you, you. you uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I had to do a ding. <laughs> I was trying to sign the end, no. ding I've ever seen on the podcast. You know, <laughs> in the end, what ding? drives beer is, is, is young people. And, and in the old days, what happened was, you know, during Prohibition, um, there, was, there was, of course, not as much beer drinking, I suppose. But there was also in Prohibition, so, there was no beer yeah, drinking. But, well, there was still some, but, but the young kids, well, and I mean, kid, kids, you know, like the 8, 9, 10-year-olds started drinking soda pop for the first time. So... What happened is a whole generation of kids, their their taste buds developed differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did. once Prohibition was over, they had a whole new generation of kids that wanted light, fizzy drinks and not the heavier beers. And so what you happened is they all started having to make their beers lighter and fizzier. And it was just a, it was like a competition to see who could make the lightest, fizziest beer. And it kind of ran all the way through the 70s when Budweiser sort of ended up on top and eventually killed everything else off. And then at some point, that all fell apart. So we've come full circle. Yeah, and you and you go into your store and look at all your different brands and think, oh, look at this great selection. They're all light lagers. Just yearning for the days when we can go back to the seven and eight year olds drinking good hearty beer. Well, and with that, <laughs> is, with that, and that's where beer is going. You notice that beer advertisers are very smart and learn how to advertise to kids without letting parents know they're doing it. They're the McDonald's of the alcohol trade. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm going to close out this show. It was an interesting discussion at the end there, but uh, I'm going to say <laughs> come back next time uh, when we'll have more. Uh, hopefully six packs and more reviews from local breweries um it's again good night from me and good night from him for god's sake go to bed okay all right <laughs> cheers guys did we do this already there's nothing like a good clank once or twice in a show mm. britain yankee I'll have a pint. No, go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Oh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint, please, Bob.